I have a course on LinkedIn right now. It's called Super Connecting, and it's about you know networking on a high level. But that that stems from a book that I'm finishing called Super Connecting: The Art and Science of Creating Meaningful Relationships in a Digital Age. And so, if you're super connecting, then you're not just treating people that are in, on your list as if they're just some big mass, some blob that you just write one to many. You're really understanding that the long-term value of a true super fan, super client, super customer, or super friend means that when when there's something that they need that you can provide, you become top of mind. Welcome back to another week of Talking With Experts podcast. I am your host, Chris Cowden, and this week I've invited Jamar Johnson to share his expertise. In this episode, we will be discussing how you can use comedy in your marketing to improve your brand engagement. Hello. <laughs> hey, what is going on, Chris? <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to virtually meet you as well, brother. Thanks yeah. So Jamar is a very accomplished man and has an infectious smile, always smiling. And I've watched him, I've seen him from a distance and he hasn't aged one bit. I've seen- I'm going backwards. I'm like seen, Benjamin Buttons. Yeah, I've seen interviews where you're giving a speech in front of, I don't know how many people at the age of 18 and you don't even look like you've aged at all, but you, you are a motivational speaker. You've done, you featured on TED Talks. You, you've been a veteran for 14 years or something like that. Correct. And you're the CEO of UpMind Media, but I know you know more about you than I do. So <laughs> tell the people who you are. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Uh, so listen, I am a, a man from humble beginnings. Uh, from New York City originally. And at 18 years old, I had this bright idea that I would join the military in order to explore the world and ha get to know what I wanted to be as an entrepreneur, because I always knew that I was one. And so I joined the military, first the Marine Corps to follow in my father's footsteps. And then after about uh, two years, I actually got an ROTC scholarship, went to college, went to Auburn University as a ROTC officer candidate. And then halfway through that, I switched to become a naval officer and then never looked back. So from 18 to 32 years old, I was in the United States military. I lived in Japan for three years, traveled all over Asia and the Pacific. And then when I got back to the States, um, I went and got my master's degree from Naval Postgraduate School in systems engineering analysis, all while moonlighting as a comedian since the age of 25. So I've leveraged my ability to, to speak publicly with comedy and then combine that with uh, entrepreneurship. And then yeah. I got out of the military in 2012 and went to go pursue my dreams as a comedian and as an entrepreneur. And so I've been doing that ever since. And you've combined them both together. You said the humorous side of business, an entrepreneur. <laughs> no, no, there's no C in there. It's just entrepreneur. <laughs> Entrepreneur, yeah. Entrepreneur, <laughs> which is an entrepreneur who's extremely funny, and why that's important is because you know things that happen to you in life. If you could learn to laugh at them and look at the lessons, they have they have less of a negative impact on you when you go through adversity. So humor is more than just a defense mechanism. It's actually a it's actually a support mechanism to optimize your mindset and your creativity so that you can always create a problem solve. And so the, the best entrepreneurs have the best senses of humor. 
Yeah, and, and I think that's something I've struggled with, maintaining my mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you get a rejection or you, you think you're failing, uh, mm-hmm. even though failing is part of the whole journey, that everybody knows that. But yeah, having a, a comedian or having a comedian as a friend or uh, finding something funny about yourself definitely helps. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you combine the comedy into your agency? Well, you know, the, the thing is, is, it's the creative mindset. So whenever possible, whenever, like, for example, if I'm making a, a sequence, I know that a funny sequence is going to have a bigger impact on someone than a just bland without character. So almost every conversation that I have with someone, I'm looking for an opportunity to share laughter with them because I know that's going to strengthen our communications. Um, and, and some people might look at it as, you know, you're looking for little moments for like little digs or little shots. But I think if you come from a real place of, of, um, of empathy, then the, any little dig that you attempt is looked at more from a standpoint of attempting to be funny, which is taking risks, right? Yeah. When you attempt to make a joke, there is always a chance that it doesn't land well. And if it doesn't land well, well, how will you look? Well, you might look silly, but then the other person might lose trust and credibility with you. So the fact that you can take a risk. And so what I learned to do is take little small ones that can accumulate and then give you an opportunity where someone really sees you as being someone that is humorous. And then once you have, once someone views you from that prism, then you have much more leeway. And that's why it's important when you see a comedian get up on stage for them to immediately start warming the audience up with things that give them command presence and humor. Because if they decide to try a joke they've never tried before and it just bombs, the audience loses respect, loses credibility, and then it's a harder job. So comedians, good comedians know that you want to kind of start off with some easy ones just to get the audience on your side. And then they, once they trust you, you can then experiment a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Let's warm up the crowd then, because there's going to be a crowd. There's going to be a a few people listening to this. So give me your worst joke. (laughs) Uh, So I don't have any worst jokes. You know, I have some (laughs) jokes that I have jokes that, so, cause my thing is if a joke isn't good, it needs to be reworked or it needs to be just tossed away completely forever. Right. But over time I've learned how to leverage the perception that the audience has of me to, to use material that I know is going to work because of how I know people perceive me. So I, I'm not the type of comedian that goes up and says, I've got 25 jokes for this set and I'm going to just, release them rapid fire and wherever they hit, they hit. I'm more of a connector first. So I go up and I connect with the audience first. I acknowledge elephants in the room first. And then, so for example, I have a joke um, that is about uh, one, I have a joke that always gets a groan and I know that it gets a groan um, because the first time that I wrote it, I laughed out loud. But when I did it in front of a crowd, they all went, Oh, right. And so, but, I then created a bunch of tags off of that joke. For example, my brother 
he's actually a cop in New York City. And, you know, during the 2020, during the pandemic, he got caught having sex with his partner on duty in the back of the squad car, right? And, you know, he's in the canine unit, right? Which is the dog unit, right? So when people think partner canine, they automatically think bestiality and they groan, right? But then I go, listen, no dog was hurt in the making of that joke, right? I let them know this is a joke. But then I go, but it gives a whole new meaning to the term doggy style, right? So that would be an idea of a joke that I say that I enjoy. Half the audience gets split. Half of them laugh immediately. Half of them groan because they think it's real. Yeah. But um, to me, that would be an example of the worst joke, right? Because it's, it's, it graphically paints a picture that most people would rather not have. But I know it's not real, so I, I don't mind telling it. Yeah. It made me laugh, but I didn't want to laugh out loud because well, you actually should listen. <laughs> yeah, you should laugh out loud because <laughs> never if you hold back a laugh, you literally take five years off your life. Really? I don't know if you okay. do that. Yeah, I think well, it might be true, but I did just didn't want to disturb the listeners. But <laughs> I think <laughs> I, just... I think that's one of the things about podcasts, though. That I think we we podcast is like listening to a conversation. Mm. And if someone in, in real time says something that's funny and the other person holds back the laughter, the people listening don't know that. So in their mind, they have no ability to have the chain reaction laughter that happens when they hear you actually enjoying yourself. So mm. never hold back enjoying yourself. Well, you live and learn. What yep. they can't see is that I've somehow inherited your infectious smile. <laughs> well, listen, that's I'm one in of the we, people tend to mirror who they're dealing with. So hopefully you can take it with you and, and keep it forever. And then have people uh, remember you for having an, an infectious smile. Uh, I'd, I'd say some people know that I smile a lot, but you, you have that same energy. And um, I saw a recent post quickly. Uh, it's, the, it's hump day. It doesn't, feel like, day. it doesn't feel like hump day at all. That's great. Hump day is every Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Is it Wednesday? Yeah. It's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you, at the start of the conversation, you, you spoke about building out sequences mm -hmm. that were funny to those that aren't, to those that are listening, what's a sequence to you? Sure. So if you think about a sequence, a sequence is something that you have pre-programmed to happen, right? Depending on where someone enters in that sequence. So you have email sequences, you have text sequences, you have follow-up sequences. These are just in business terms, you wanna have the ability to follow up with someone. In the uh, chat bot marketing world, when I create a funnel for someone that captures email addresses, that sends people to registrations for webinars or gives them free downloads, I'm creating a sequence. I oftentimes try to make the sequence as funny, entertaining, and engaging as possible uh, so that you create a situation where someone enjoys going through it, right? If something is bland, if something is without, you know, we have all these different mediums. We have visual, we have audio. You wanna try to leverage as much as you can to make the sequence interesting. And so a sequence is just a sequence of events that you pre-program in order to get a desired outcome, like acquiring an email address, like registering someone for a webinar, having someone get a free download, or having someone go to a, 
a sales page because they've been primed and they know what to expect. So they're willing to click the link and see more on the next page. Yeah. Yeah. I understood that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how powerful is messenger compared to email in your opinion? So what I tell people is, listen, email is still absolutely king, but email is a fat, overweight, diabetic king who is at risk of getting COVID in any moment. <laughs> and so email is dying. Messenger is young, spry, athletic, dynamic. And from an open rate standpoint, it's night and day. For people who do take the time to cultivate and build a messenger list, you're going to see open rates well above 75%. Most businesses are lucky if they get open rates of 20%. 17% is like the average across all businesses. Now, of course, some businesses have more of a personal touch, personal feel. And so if you're, a, if you're a, an influencer or a, a personal brand that has a strong connection with your audience, uh, I've heard those people seeing open rates of about 40 to maybe 50%. Uh, but then also what's the click-through rate? So higher open rates means eventually higher click-through rates. Yeah. Also too, you know, we, we get emails. Listen, I have an email inbox that is absolutely stuffed to the gills, right? My time is so precious to me that I peruse my daily emails and I don't even take time to delete the ones that I'm not going to read because it just is wasting seconds. So if most people operate that way and you send someone an email and it's a long form email, what's the likelihood that they're going to read it? No if I send someone a messenger sequence, that messenger sequence is short conversational in the form of like a text message. So it's easier to consume and digest and kind of get to the point. And then if they want to see more, you can always drive them to a to a landing page of sorts yeah yeah and you're not do you think if somebody is starting an agency or building a brand they need to have a website or should they just start out building a chatbot so here's the thing uh, you know i have websites right I don't think a person needs to absolutely positively without a doubt have a website. They could run their business strictly on social media and literally, you know, whether that be messenger, DMs, having a presence there isn't more than enough to then have the conversations, right? If you have a Facebook fan page, that's everything. That's essentially a website. You have a presence. So do you need to also have another website that's also intricate and you know, I think those are the little excuses that we tell ourselves, but let's be honest, there's a percentage of the potential customers that you're going to have that if you don't have a website, they look at that as like a black mark, but more and more people are just shopping directly off of Instagram, directly off of Facebook. So leveraging those two tools um, to their fullest potential, many people are probably using 10% of the capabilities of these platforms. So uh, having a real intricate website, I don't think is a huge necessity at this point in time. <laughs> I know uh, Travis talks about creating proactive sequences and reactive sequences. Can you uh, develop more on those, please? Uh, well, I mean, just think of proactive versus reactive. Like proactive is something where you're leading the conversation and reactive is where you're looking at what type of questions you're getting that are maybe outside of the scope of that proactive funnel. 
and creating a sequence that's reactive. So typically when someone comes to your page, if there's nothing set up there, there's some general questions that people are going to have for your business. So you could have a proactive approach. So here's the top five, you know, uh, FAQs that people have. A, a reactive funnel is one that is going to like receive their question, but then activate and still drive them to some other type of uh, objective, like booking a time to have a conversation, right? To get more clarity. Um, like, hey, like, hey, thank you for your, thank you for your interest. Um, no one's available at the moment, but we would absolutely love to have a conversation with you to, dis to discover more about your particular issue. Here's a link to the calendar below. So that, that would be kind of like a reactive, right? Proactive is you, they came here for a specific purpose and you're walking them through what that purpose is. Is it a free download? Is it a free video? Is it a, a link to a free book? Like whatever that is. So that would be the, the main difference. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how would, uh, uh, while you are building bots every single day, how would you, uh, what's your starting point? How do you construct a so, chatbot? So, so I don't build bots every single day. I'm oh. gonna build them. Um, I build them on, on demand when, when I get a customer that needs something. Right. Um, but I would say that how I construct them is I just think about, well, what is like, if, if, I think about the entry point. If someone is coming from an ad, well, what was the purpose of the ad? What were they being promised they would be able to receive by clicking and messaging us, right? Mm -hmm. So I always think about that first That first message is basically a greeting. It's like, hey, Chris, thanks for stopping by. And then I lead them into, you're probably here to get the free thing that I offered you or you're probably here to get that free credit that I offered you for yeah. doing X, Y, and Z. Then I would add some sort of image or GIF to just spice it up, make it entertaining. And then I would give them that choose your own adventure option. You know, yes, you're here for that or no, I'm here for something else and then send them down a different path. So the first sequence is a greeting. It's a, it's a lead into why they're here and then typically an image or a GIF of some sort. Yeah, not over, not like long form content, really short. Super, super simple, super simple. If there's any, if there's any, like again, we wanna make it different than email. We wanna make it conversational. We wanna make it like a text message. So you wanna be short and sweet. And this is where your ability to, to really be a strong communicator with as little words as possible. Brevity is levity in this case. Brevity is le levity. Mm -hmm. How do, because I know there's, uh, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there and some, some of the posts are quite spammy. Um, you, you might, some, some people might drop you a message and come across needy or, you know, over salesy how do you overcome that using a chatbot well i think those are two separate completely separate things right someone posting in someone posting in a, a group a facebook group is completely different from someone coming to your messenger and messaging you right 
one is intent. One is they sought you out for some reason based on some of the marketing that you had out there. And one is you're just posting something and, and kind of asking the world for either clients or for referrals or something like that. So I think, I think the key is that for me, I know I do my best prospecting by having communications, like live communications. Yep. So whether that be on Clubhouse, whether that be on some, some, li- some type of live, uh, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, uh, LinkedIn Live, if you're doing something live, then you're ap- you have the opportunity to just talk in real time and communicate in a way that will attract certain people. So I think the same thing, like I know that my best skill set is not writing long form copy. So I'm never going to go into a Facebook group and write some long form copy as a way of attracting clients. That's just not what I'm going to do. I have a huge Rolodex because I've been meeting people in real life for a long time. And so, right, I have 12,000 phone contacts. I've got 17,000 Instagram followers. Like I have more than enough prospects than I'll ever need at this point in time. And now it's about following up and building relationships and maintaining. And then through that, I've been able to get some pretty big clients. And so at this point, I really don't even need any clients. So now I can spend my time just creating content exactly how I want to, to attract future clients for down the line. Yeah. And that, and because you've got that credibility and all those followers, you're not needing to really put any offers out there. And if you do have an offer, then it's leading straight into a chat bot. Exactly. A, a chat bot or to just booking time on my calendar. Like my calendar, I typically have about three appointments a day for, you know, various meetings. And that's like, that's my limit where I know I, I'm, I can be fresh, I can be on, and I'm, I'm not overworking myself. If I'm doing five to seven calls a day, then I'm kind of getting burnt out. Then I'm not having a good balance between my health and wellness. So three meetings a day is kind of like my cap. Yeah. And how do you maintain your energy, you, the energy that you're giving off? How do you maintain that without burning out? Well, you know, health is the foundation of wealth. You know, there's four pillars to, to, to success. So it's kind of like my philosophy. And I think the first pillar is your health. If you don't have health, you have nothing. Uh, you know, th- these crazy COVID times have brought that to our attention, right? Yeah. But after health, along with health, you have your relationships with people, loved ones, friends, uh, colleagues, etc. Then you have your business, right? If your business is actually solving a problem, you should not have a problem actually generating revenue because you're actually doing something that the market is calling for. So if those three things are happening, the fourth pillar is, are you continuing to learn every day? Because the things you know now aren't going to all be applicable six months from now or a year from now. So you have to stay ahead of the curve. So with that, the first pillar being health, eating right, sleeping good and moving your body every day, getting sunshine every day is absolutely critical to your health as a human being. You know, vitamin D is an essential, not just vitamin, it's a hormone. It's an essential hormone in our body. So if you're not taking care of that, it's going to be hard. Like you, you can keep yourself temporarily awake with coffee and with energy supplements and things like that, but you're going to have these really bad lulls. So for me, it's about being consistent. 
I try to get at least three miles a day of walking. I typically do five to 10. And then I'll typically in between days when I'm not walking, I'll ride anywhere from 12 to 30 miles on my uh, stand-up elliptical bike. But I'm, I'm st trying to stay active every day, active every day. And then obviously calisthenics, you know, we don't really need a gym, you know, calisthenics, push-ups, pull-ups, you know, core work, body weight squats. That's really all you need to stay in good physical shape. But in the last year, I've actually re released 55 pounds into the wild, just resetting my, my health and getting that back on track. So now I weigh, uh, I'm about 199 right now, 6'1", 199 pounds. And, uh, you know, I just try to be really mindful of what I put into my body. Lots of water, um, try to stay away from the dairy. I love cheese, but I, tr I don't drink milk anymore. Um, good fats. I would say almost like a modified keto type diet is, yep. is what I live by. Um, but just, you know, lower on the carbs just because, you know, carbs, I think for me, like everyone has to understand how their body is sensitive to what things, mm -hmm. but like keep track of, hey, I ate this today. And like, how did I feel? When I eat that, this is how I feel, you know what I mean? And you have to, I honestly believe that N equals one. Like everybody is so unique genetically and just how your body reacts to things you have to spend the time to get to know yourself and then monitor yourself and then do the things but if you move more surprisingly your body gives you more energy to to do more yep and you've and i've noticed when i do exercise limit i have like um i i have li some limitations but when i exercise before i go to bed I always sleep so much better. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, but um, I'm making the excuse not to do uh, press ups and sit ups, so I need to start doing that because it's something that I can do. Yeah, just, just <laughs> you know, just set the set the bar low to start. You know, like for me, I typically like I, I had a wrist injury actually. I uh, crashed my my bike in October and uh, hit my knee really bad, sprained my knee, sprained my wrist really bad. And so I, I couldn't do push-ups for, you know, without pain anyway, for, you know, three or four months. Um, so I found some alternatives, started doing push-ups, you know, neutral grip with the, with the bars. Um, I could still bench press and things like that, but the gyms weren't really open. But, um, you know, it's about being smart and it's about being efficient. So it literally... For me, a hundred push-ups, I could get that done in three minutes. You know, a minute of push-ups, a minute break, another minute of push-ups, and I pretty much got my hundred. So I think if you think about that, can you give yourself three minutes a day to like, you know, dramatically increase your health? I think so. Yeah, you can. But you gotta and, be committed. Yeah. And maybe for just starting out, just do like ten work up yeah. to it. We'll yeah, do, yeah, do what you do what you can do. Do ten sets of ten. You know, I, I have a friend that just does max push-ups every hour on the hour for about for eight hours of his workday. So he works from home. He gets up. He'll do as many push-ups as he can, and then every hour on the hour, he just does as many push-ups as he can to maintain energy throughout the day and keep mm -hmm. that infectious smile. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so could you give? like maybe three or four actionable steps for people that want to implement 
messenger into their business, but haven't thought about it? Uh, let's see three actionable steps. Um, well, obviously, you know, when you set your Facebook page up, um, get your m.me link, know, like know what that is, make sure you know, make sure you've created that name exactly how you want it. Because that is one entry point. And that's a free entry point. If you have that m.me link, like mine is m.me forward slash Jamar the go giver, right? If you have that link, Oh, actually, that's going to be to my main page. It's going to be Jam the Go-Giver. If I have that link, I can post that link anywhere for free. And if someone clicks it, it's going to take them into my messenger. And at that point, whatever that initial get starting message is, have something general that entices someone to want to subscribe because you're going to give them something in exchange. So m.me link, then figure out something you can give away for free that you, that you would like to, um, whether that be a PDF, a guide, link to a free credit. Um, one of my big clients right now is, is the second largest cannabis grower in California, and they give people a $25 you know, free account signup. So now all my attention and energy is focused on just growing the California customer base. So and I apologize for one quick second here. My camera has an auto shut off every 30, 30 minutes. <laughs> it's okay. So from there, I would say first get your m.me link. Next, have your offer to incentivize. Uh, and then just create a nice fun sequence that drives people to an action being subscribe. Yeah. So notice those are three different things. M.me link. You can go post at different places. You can go to Craigslist. You can go to Facebook groups. You can go to LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. Then from there, create your giveaway, have your guide or your free credits or your offer. Then encourage them to subscribe. And then the fourth thing that I would say is follow up. Now, until your list gets really big, I would say really try to actually follow up manually with people. Try to get a beat on what services that, you might have that they might want or if they have services that that they want that you don't provide yet use that opportunity to continue to to kind of cultivate relationships because you can get paid to just connect people to people who can provide the services so i mean mm -hmm. that is a huge i'm actually finishing up a book i have a course on linkedin right now it's called super connecting and it's about you know networking on a high level but that, that stems from a book that I'm finishing called Super Connecting the Art and Science of Creating Meaningful Relationships in a Digital Age. And so if you're super connecting, then you're not just treating people that are in, on your list as if they're just some big mass, some blob that you just write one to many. You're really understanding that the long-term value of a true super fan, super client, super customer, or super friend means that when, when there's something that they need that you can provide, you become top of mind. And case in point, you know, as we're podcasting right before we got on this call, a friend of mine who actually was the reason why I moved to LA, a comedian friend of mine, uh, shout out to Joe Prano, you know, he just got offered to pitch a major network, a podcast, and they wanted him to have a certain dynamic cast and him, him and his manager called me and I'm, I was top of the list. Now, here's what happened though. Uh, 
two weeks ago, I did a, a show at a new comedy club here in LA in collaboration with one of my new clients called Club Nirvana. And I had Joe on the show. So unintentionally, like I didn't know he was having this opportunity to pitch a show, but because I thought of him, he in turn thought of me. Yes. And now we're moving the ball down the road. And it's like yet another outlet to do some things in kind of the motivation and inspirational realm and still have it be comedy related, but also that will still all circle back to all of my different business ventures. Yep, super connecting. I'm going to look at that, of course, yeah. for sure. If someone else wants to connect with you, how would they get in touch with you um, after listening to this? Yeah, so obviously I'm on all of the platforms, uh, LinkedIn, of course, uh, Jamar John Johnson, Instagram, at Jamar J, and then Facebook, I've got an, a number of profiles, but I would say Instagram is going to be the fastest way. Uh, LinkedIn is also good. Uh, I check, you know, everything every day just to, you know, have a pulse on things, but I, I love Instagram because it's so direct and you can use video, voice, or written word to convey a message that can inspire someone to take action and, re and reply back to you. And I've, I've had some pretty big connections with people, um, people that are, you know, $400 million men, for example, and just reaching out to people, letting them know you appreciate them. Mm -hmm. I say, give people their flowers while they're alive. Doing things like that is the best way to get into people's sphere and, uh, you know, eventually start moving closer and closer to the point where you can have influence or an opportunity to do business with them. Yeah. And I think as well, uh, I'm glad that I followed up with you uh, because it has led to this opportunity. And yeah, absolutely. It could lead anywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm going to thank you for appearing on my podcast. This has been a great opportunity for me to learn about your expertise, but also for my uh, listeners to hear about you as well, because you are an incredible man. I, this is, I can't believe, I can't believe you were actually on my podcast. But <laughs> that's cool. Oh, that's, hey, it's, it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure, Chris. I hope I can help out in any way and, and good luck with the podcast. The, the key thing that I would say is just consistency, you know? So I know you're probably going to get a couple in the, in, the, in the can and then start releasing them. I would say start releasing them the sooner the better. Get the rhythm, get the flow, make it just a part of your life. I think everyone with something to say should probably start a podcast because even if you only impact one other person, it, it would have been worth it. Yes, great. To leave on one question, and it's random, maybe it's a bit of humor but <laughs> if you could eat with anyone in the world any place in the world who would you meet where would you be and what would you cook them hmm that's a very very intricate question you know i think about working with um geniuses and, you know, we have a lot of geniuses. I, I think some people throw over, overuse the term and throw it out, but I'm a big believer that um, every human being has something that they are capable of becoming a genius in. Yes. Now, one of my, my idols and heroes in the comedy game is Dave Chappelle. Um, I met him back in 2009 uh, at a private live show uh, in a club that he actually owned. So Dave Chappelle owned his own club when he got back from Africa after he left the Dave Chappelle show. And um, 
it was a six hour show and I, I was just blown away. But during that show, I got a chance to actually meet him. And he picked up my business card from the stage and read it out loud and it made the crowd laugh. And that audio was on my website, uh, iamjamar.com. You can go there, that's my personal kind of blog. But um, I would love that, to break bread with him and just pick his brain. Um, and, uh, and then if not him, it would probably be Kevin Hart, but not from a comedy perspective, from a business and marketing perspective, because I feel like he has really mastered social media for the purpose of building his brand and his empire. And so the metrics and the numbers and the marketing magic behind what he's become is something I truly, truly respect. So I know I, I, I cheated, I gave you two names, but oh, I'm a comedian, cool. I get to do what I want. Yes, that's cool. What would you cook them? I would probably make lasagna and uh, and fried shrimp, which is a, a like a New Year's Eve favorite staple in my household. And I know I could do a good job. It would impress them. Cool. That would be cool. Well, I'm sure I could probably talk to Kevin Hart and David Chappelle for you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Put a good word in for me, man. Thanks for listening to this episode today. Make sure to check out Jamar's course on how to professionally network with your target audience. If you like this episode, why not tell a friend about it? And while you're there, if you want to join the private community and ask questions or engage with me and my experts, then please go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash talking with experts. I'll see you next week.